Welcome to Reality Roots with me, your host, Hillary. Hey guys, <laughs> are you guys having a good week? I'm having a really good week this week. It's like sunny out, I'm feeling good, very productive, getting a lot done. Apparently gardening is like a full-time thing, <laughs> which I always knew, I guess, but this is my first year being like a little gardener and there's a lot to do. <laughs> there's a lot of weeds. Why is it that just the weeds grow and none of the plants that you want to grow grow? Ah, <laughs> uh, tale as old as time, I assume. All right, guys, we are done our Jerry Springer marathon. We're, I didn't even look, honestly, at the rotation to see who I was supposed to be going back to. I just picked Ricky because Ricky Lake always feels low stakes <laughs> to me. I don't know why. I just wanted, not that Jerry Springer is ever really high stakes. I guess it is high stakes in the sense that a lot of times there's kids involved that we sort of just like don't address or we address on like a very surface level but if it doesn't feel high stakes on Jerry Springer and or sorry I don't know why it does it's not high stakes on Jerry Springer but like I guess because it's more insidious that way like I know it doesn't feel high stakes on Jerry Springer but in my head I know that there are stakes especially when there's kids involved so you know that's different. Ricky is like low stakes, low stakes. <laughs> like, I know that these are all low stakes. The people on Ricky Lake know that these are all low stakes. We're fine with it. We're just here to have a good time with our gal pal Ricky Lake, <laughs> who we see in her montage, which is now I've seen the two montages I can kind of use to date like where we are. This was the pre-baby Ricky Lake montage where she's out having a good time but not rollerblading not like <laughs> the silly stupid gal pal stuff just like a regular oh it's her at the photo shoot I think is what it is <laughs> laughing having a good time this episode is called you may be family dot 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 but pack your bags and get out <laughs> uh I I mentioned last week that literally all of these shows and every episode of each different show has a has an exclamation mark to make it pop, I guess. Ricky Lake also likes to fuck with the dot dot dots though. I don't know what those are called. Don't tell me I don't care <laughs> but um Ricky Lake loves a dot 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 like you might be you might not want to hear this dot 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 but I have something to say exclamation mark that is really the format <laughs> that we seem to see the most often this episode in case you couldn't tell from the title is about those family members who just won't leave what do you do when your freeloading family member starts taking over your house Ricky asks, we'll find out, <laughs> I guess, by talking to our guests. Our first guest is Yvonne. I like that name. Uh, there's a Chiron. I didn't write down all the Chirons because they weren't that ridiculous, but Yvonne, according to the Chiron, wants to kick her brother out of the house. 
Yvonne's outfit was amazing <laughs> in, in a way. I wouldn't wear it, but it, 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 there's a lot going on. We'll start at the top. So she had like a straight bang and then I couldn't tell if the top of her head was shaved or if it was like super slicked back or like slicked down, down. Like I don't, it, it was so slicked. It could have been paint. I, I don't think it would have been shaved, but I just don't, I just never know with <laughs> these hairstyles. They're so far away from anything <laughs> that I could ever imagine my hair doing. So it's kind of slicked back. The reason I think it's like slicked or like pulled back is it's a bun. It goes into a bun. And this bun is made out of ribbons, which are made out of hair. Like, I don't know what that effect is. I swear to God, I only ever see it on Ricky Lake. It was definitely a 90s situation. But it just, it looks somehow, somehow, don't, the magic of hair technicians. <laughs> I don't know if that's what we call them. The whatever they've done, whatever kind of magic, I guess they were able to pull off. It's like they've made her hair into ribbons that are maybe, I don't know, two or three in, two or three inches wide. And then we took all those ribbons and made them into a bun. It's an effect. And the rib that's very shiny. Looks very shiny. Then her actual outfit, she's got a blue turtleneck not like a light blue and not a dark blue like a a regular I don't know corn no not cornflower blue I live close to Toronto so I would call it blue jays blue I don't know like a bright blue it's like a but we just see the turtleneck coming up from under like a white sweater there might, it was really hard to tell. There might be like a vertical, vertically striped like texture to it, but also I think it was just the recording of like a VHS onto YouTube added this sort of vertical stripey effect onto it. I couldn't tell if that was part of the sweater, but <laughs> on the quarter, like over her heart, I guess, it says Yvonne. <laughs> it's like airbrushed in blue, that same bright blue just on the one side, Yvonne. And then she's got matching white pants with some kind of like, I don't, I couldn't read it cause she was sitting down, but there's another like blue airbrush thing going on in the top corner of the pants on the same side as the sweater, like the airbrushing on the sweater. It was kind of like a baseball sort of effect, I guess. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it was giving me baseball. I don't know where you get an outfit like that. I want to know. I guess you could just get someone to airbrush. Like, it wasn't that complicated, I guess. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm here for it. It looked interesting. <laughs> I was interested. I was like, never seen an outfit like that. Cool. So, her brother, Edward, has been living with her for four months. And we see Edward. They have this whole gimmicky setup <laughs> backstage. So, a lot of times, I mean, we know this right now, this is what, episode 27, so if you've been following, you'll know that a lot of times, particularly Ricky and Sally, will have the first guest out on stage, and then the person that they're there to, like, confront or talk to is backstage 
in like a little green room and then we see shots of them reacting to what the person on stage is saying. So we have that set up, but instead of just being in a little green room or just slightly off stage, which is where I think Sally puts her people, it's they've got it set up like a living room. So there's like a shitty looking couch and a bowl of popcorn and a TV remote. So I guess they can sit there. I mean, it's not just that it looks homey, but it, it, I guess they can sit there and pretend to look like the loafers they are why I every every choice that the Ricky Lake production crew makes I just want to know why I just want to know why they felt like that was necessary or I guess they just are trying to make it more interesting I don't know Yvonne tells us that she gets off work at seven it was kind of confusing how she said but I guess she gets off work at she works nights, so she gets off work at 7, she comes home, it's 8 a.m., she's, like, lying in bed with her husband, and then Edward, her brother, will just come in their room at 8 o'clock, turn the TV on, put on whatever he wants to watch, and when they're like, what the fuck, he's like, oh, did you want to watch something? I'm going to watch this, though. Like, he doesn't even let them pick what it is on TV, it's just whatever... Whatever Edward feels like watching, that's what we're watching at 8 a.m. in their bed. (laughs) Not cool, Edward. I would be so mad. I wanted to mention right here, I don't know where to put it, but I I didn't really really take notes on Ricky Lake's outfit because it was kind of boring. It was fine. It was like a black, long, I don't know. It was flowy. Had a V-neck. It was fine. But her hair is really ugly to me. It's got this super aggressive middle part. And I know that middle parts have kind of come back, but I'm still not into them. And I don't feel like this one was working for Ricky. Yvonne says that Edward won't cook or like he will cook, but it's just for himself because he thinks women should do the cooking anyways. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. Audience did not like that. Here comes Edward. Boo. 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 Edward. <laughs> everyone boos Edward. Edward is wearing like a white collar dress shirt. His tie had some kind of graphic on it. It was super ugly. It's like kind of white and greenish. Not cute. He's got these ugly green dress pants. Edward had a lot of forehead and I guess an afro, but it wasn't like a big, I don't know what I would think of. I, okay, my terminology is probably piss poor here, so please tell me what is right, because I'm always looking for better words to describe what I'm looking at. It was like, it it was like an afro, like the texture I would say was like an afro, but it was sort of, it wasn't super long or super crazy. It was, I don't know, maybe if, not super short though, like maybe a couple of inches long, and it was very round, like it was very shaped roundly I don't imagine that happens naturally so I'm assuming that something goes into that it was a look Ricky says oh while you were lounging back there did you hear what your sister said she said she's gonna kick you out Edward just hand waves this away I ain't going nowhere Edward says like well when he first moved in he did a lot of stuff he's he says, he says he did a bunch of cooking, cleaning, and then Yvonne's friend moved in and she doesn't do anything. So then he was like, fuck this. I'm not doing anything either. Yvonne, okay, before we get to the next part, because that's kind of a different issue, I, 
I don't, mm, I mean, that's between her and her friend. Like, if you don't pay rent, Edward, you don't get a choice. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what is difficult about that for people to understand is that I, it's funny because I remember being a teenager and getting really frustrated with like, I don't know, just the constraints of life. And at the end of the day, like it was <laughs> aggravating, but I was always like, well, I'm not paying. Like I cannot afford to pay rent or live on my own because I'm a teenager. So I guess I have to suck it up and deal with it until such time as I can move out. And I was a teenager when I figured that out. So I don't know why Edward is having a problem with that. Like if you moved in under whatever conditions and then someone else moves in, that's for them to have their conditions with also the person you're living with. Like that should not, you shouldn't be involved in that arrangement, right? Kind of like work. If you get hired and you have a salary, maybe I'm wrong. I've been told I'm wrong, but like I have a job, I get paid salary and I don't trouble myself with what other people's salaries are because it's not my business. Like I have an agreement between me and my employer. My coworkers have their agreement between themselves and the employer. I don't involve myself in that, right? That's not me. And that is how I see Edward's situation. Doesn't really matter what event Yvonne's friend is doing. That's for Yvonne to decide if she's okay with it or not. She might have different standards for you, Edward. <laughs> That's up to her. I don't know if it's right or not, but it doesn't matter because it's her fucking house. So Yvonne kind of cuts, this keeps coming up, is that Yvonne says, well, he thinks a woman should do everything for him. And there's like some discussion. Edward kind of tries to get out of it. But eventually he's like, yeah, sometimes. Edward says he babysits, but Yvonne says her husband babysits. Yvonne, <laughs> your husband's not babysitting. He's just looking after his own children. That's not babysitting, but okay. Ricky, like, I don't know. At some point in there, Edward was like, oh, I don't need them to cook. I'm a licensed chef. So Ricky's like, okay, so you're a licensed chef. So why don't you get out? <laughs> like if you have, you know, training or whatever. Anyway. Edward's like, well, probably I will leave shortly, but I won't leave until she moves out, by which he means Yvonne's BFF. Again, why? Like, why would you stunt yourself just to, like, make a point? Yvonne says, I want him to get out of there. He's grown. He don't need to stay with me. Why'd he pick me to stay with in the first place? She's <laughs> like, how did we even get here? Uh, an audience member we have a lot of audience comments here just little kind of one-offs though so this person says well you know like family's family you gotta stick with them which the audience didn't love like the rest of the audience was like "Mm." (laughs) not like a you know round of applause on that people were kind of like yeah i don't know a different audience member says well don't let him tell you when he's leaving. When you get home, you have his stuff packed outside the door and then he'll be left. <laughs> there you go. Ricky says, okay, Edward, like, I understand you have a girlfriend and two children of your own. Why don't you live with them? <laughs> and then Edward's like, yeah, like, yeah, we are looking for a home right now, but I'm not moving out until she's gone. Why? Like, why? It does. I don't understand why he feels... Like, his life is tethered to Yvonne's friend's life in this way. A new audience person says, I don't know her name. What? How? 
first of all, like, there's not a million people on stage yet. There's only two. There's two people. on. We've met two people. So, first of all, remember her name. But second of all, it is written on her shirt. Like, (laughs) what do you mean you don't know her name? Okay, I don't know her name, somehow. But I had a brother stay with me, and he's going to stay there as long as you allow him to stay. It's your house. Now we meet Jesse, the BFF. And it turns out, this is so cute, Jesse and Yvonne have matching outfits. <laughs> it's very fun. Uh, like the same sweater with the airbrush, but then of course Jesse says Jesse instead of Yvonne, the pants. It's fun. I didn't write down a lot of, like Jesse was very charismatic, but not <laughs> in a way that I think I could do a good job of imitating. So, um... I don't have a lot of verbatim stuff here, but... Oh, the only difference between her outfit and Yvonne's outfit is that she also has, like, the ribbon hair, but she's got that on the top part, and then, like, straight at the bottom, like, a mullet. (laughs) So picture a mullet, but, like, ribbons on top, and, I guess, business in back, (laughs) because that was just straight, untreated-looking hair. Jessie says... First of all, I heard him while I was in the back, and I was there before you. (laughs) I understand every grown person needs their own place. I was living with my mom, but we couldn't get along, so I moved in with Yvonne because she's my best and only friend. He came there to visit, and he's still there. What happened? (laughs) She's like, I'm going to get a house before we get back to St. Louis. (laughs) I was like, how? How are are you? Are you already putting in offers or like, just didn't understand how that was gonna work exactly Edwards I don't know again there's a lot of back and forth Edwards like I ain't babysitting for you Jesse's like don't don't buy baby I already have a babysitter first of all a new audience member says well I don't think it matters like whether you're related or not but if she's nice enough to let you stay in her house you should earn your keep Jesse explains that her and Yvonne do the grocery shopping together, and when they get home, he takes all the food. <laughs> Just takes it. But Edward pushes, like, Edward pushes back on that, but Jesse's like, okay, but if you do cook, you eat it up, too. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Not good at sharing, I guess. A uh, different audience person says, well, what does the husband think of all this? Which is a great question. I think... If I was in this situation, my husband would have a whole hell of a lot to say about this. (laughs) Like, a lot, a lot. I feel like it would be all we'd ever talk about. (laughs) Um, Yvonne says, well, like, he tries not to get involved. If he has a problem, he'll come to me with it. He knows this is my family. He knows I won't throw them out into the street. So, like, he'll go with whatever I say. Jesse chimes in to say, I love her, and we've been friends for a long time. I do believe Jesse and Yvonne are best, best friends. Ricky asks Jesse what she thinks of Edward, and Jesse's like, he needs to get out. <laughs> and then we have a bunch of bickering back and forth. Now, Ricky introduces us to the concept of the Audience Tenant Association she's put together. Will they kick Edward out? That's the question, but we have to wait until the end to find out. Now we have a commercial. So as part of of the little, like, outro to commercial, (laughs) there's a graphic that they've come up with. It's like a house. 
I feel like they don't make houses like this anymore. I guess they must still exist. I can't imagine they ripped them all down. But it looks like the Family Matters house. Do they still make houses like that? I want one. <laughs> Desperately. They look nice. Probably they never made them. <laughs> it was always just for TV. Anyway, it's like one of those houses. And on the top floor, there's two windows side by each. But they still have like the sash <laughs> in them. And then they'll put the picture of the, I don't know, the, of like each family member, I guess, involved in each situation. Uh, so we get to see that graphic. It's pretty cute. I can tell they spent a lot of time on it. And then we're taking it to the streets with the, I thought it was the fish islands because I feel like I've seen this before, but on Ricky, but I guess they dropped the fish islands and now they're just regular <laughs> lensing people. They talked to someone who had a similar experience and then they kicked their brother out. Up next, Shelly. <laughs> Shelly wants to kick her 17-year-old sister out of her house. Shelly is wearing all the eyeliner in America, I think, under her eye. and Like, under, well, both eyes, <laughs> not just one eye. Um, but it looks, it's too much. And then her hair is blonde. It's just a lot. It's a lot of eyeliner. She's got kind of beachy sort of hair. I don't want to shit on that because that's what I strive for with my hair. But you can just tell it's got a lot of mousse in it. Like it, it has that look of the 90s where it looks wet. But I think if I touched it, it would actually be crunchy. Shelly says that her sister is rude, lazy, disrespectful, inconsiderate. Three of those, I think, are homonyms of each other. <laughs> Rude, disrespectful, inconsiderate. Pretty much the same thing. She says, my husband and I have been married for two years, and the longest time we had alone was our honeymoon, and it was one week. Ricky asks why the sister is living with Shelly and not with their mother, Shelly's like, that's what I want to know. I didn't invite her and she didn't ask <laughs> to come over. It just happened. At first it was like a weekend thing because she lives up in the mountains. I told her she could stay on the weekend so she could have some things to do. But it's not like all the time. <laughs> you know, she stays for a weekend but it goes on to the next week and the next. Does this girl not have school? <laughs> not Shelly. I mean her sister. Doesn't she have to go to school? Ricky asks how long she's been there and Shelly says that when she was like when Shelly was 18 she moved out and pretty much from there until now so four years. Ricky kind of prompts her like oh and you say it's time for her to get out and she's like get out <laughs> and then Jamie comes out <laughs> onto the stage. Jamie is wearing a really pretty pale blue dress it looks a bit formal and she's got this really pretty like long strawberry blonde hair she's got a bang on it she's really pretty she's got this pearl jewelry like necklace and earrings for some reason she looks like a genuine southern belle i have no idea where they live and i have no idea where mountains are to be honest now that i think about it anyway uh even if i did know where they live but uh she is really pretty jamie so she, oh, she says, 
Jamie says, she don't understand where I'm coming from either. When she got married, I lost a best friend and a big sister. And now that she's with Rodney, it's Rodney this and Rodney that. And she don't have time for me. (laughs) And Shelly, I would have said it if she hadn't. I was like, but it's my husband though. (laughs) That's a normal progression. I don't have siblings, but that seems normal to become grow apart from your siblings once you are 18 and you've moved out you don't live together that seems like a natural progression of how that relationship would go and Jamie says I know but can you make time for me (laughs) Shelly says well she stays she says she stays with me to spend time with me and that's fine but when she does stay she treats me like a bed and breakfast like she comes home whenever showers eats then she's gone then when me and my husband want to be alone, she's there, <laughs> which is kind of confusing. Is that, how good is Jamie <laughs> at leaving a room that she's like, oh, you don't want me here? I'm going to stay. Oh, you do want me here? I'm going to go. <laughs> like, um, seems weird. Ricky asks Jamie if that's true. <laughs> and Jamie's like, yeah. <laughs> kind of lost. There's a Chiron under Jamie that says, quote, I don't see how I'm such a burden, <laughs> quote, end quote. So Jamie jumped on that right away. She was like, yes. And then she's like, but the reason I do leave is when I say I want to spend time with her is I've asked her and she says, well, I have to ask Rodney and it goes on and on. Did that make sense to you? (laughs) It did not make to me. And then Shelly says, you don't tell me what to do. That made even less sense to me. And then Jamie says, then why don't you ever go out with me? And Shelly says, I do. Chalk that one up to sisters being sisters, because I don't, I don't know what any of that meant. I guess Ricky understood it, even if I didn't, because she cuts in to say, like, Jamie, that's a different issue. Issues? I don't don't know what it was about. But she says, right now, like, right now, Shelly is saying she wants you to move out. You've been living with her for four years. I understand you're 17, but why live with her and not with your mom? (laughs) Jamie says, I do live with my parents and I'm not there every day. Shelly's like, well, I get get two days a week, like a job. (laughs) I'm on call five days a week and then I get two off from just this part of my life. Like I also have a regular job and a husband (laughs) and a life. Ricky checks in with the audience to see if their feelings have changed. I guess they were sad or they gave a sad reaction at first when they hear Jamie's only 17 and her sister wants to kick her out because on the face of it, that is tough. But when you hear more, it's like, it's not like Jamie has nowhere else to go. It's just that she won't, I guess. There's an audience member who has at this point been standing next to Ricky for the past I don't know, two full minutes of screen time. <laughs> like the whole, the whole last exchange we just had, they were just standing there and she was just waiting to ask her question, <laughs> standing next to Ricky. So she finally gets to say, oh, if you were my sister, you'd be out the door because if I'm married, no, I'm not going for that. <laughs> A lot of uh, nuance, obviously, <laughs> from that person. Ricky asks Shelly if her marriage is in trouble by this or like affected over it. Shelly way over explains this too much, but I think her point, she says basically, basically, (laughs) she says, 
her husband basically keeps to himself because it's her family, so it's her business. But then at night, like, he complains to her because he doesn't want to complain in front of Jamie. But then Shelly's like, that just means I hear it constantly then, like, 24 hours a day. <laughs> Somebody's bitching at me if it's Jamie or, like, I have to take care of Jamie. And then when Jamie's, I don't know, I guess if it's nighttime and she's not around and my husband's bitching at me about it, like, <laughs> a lot. Ricky asks Jamie if she has somewhere else to go. And Shelly is like, she has 54 acres in the mountains. <laughs> Jamie's like, I don't have a car. I don't have a license. Ricky's like, I'm moving there. Shit. <laughs> Sounds nice. Jamie just has like teenager complaints. I don't know. It's like everyone around me is old. Nobody's fun. Like it's boring. There's nothing to do. Just like every other teenager ever. An audience member, a different one, a new one. I think Ricky must have asked a question of every single goddamn person in her audience. <laughs> Today we have so many of these. This person says, well, I think you should have laid down the rules and regulations when your sister first got there. Which I don't know if that's fair to Shelly because... Shelly was 18, so I don't know if we can expect her, if it's reasonable to expect her to manage this perfectly. I guess that's good advice. Four years too late. But they also say to Jamie, well, I think you're just finding excuses to stay. You need to get out, get out and give them space. Now their mom comes out. Karen, I feel like we're putting a lot of siblings up on stage where the parents could actually be talking, but okay. Karen, if if Shelly left any eyeliner to be had, it is all under Karen's eyes. Like, it's just as bad. It's even heavier, actually, than Shelly's. And also her eyebrows are dark and basically like perfectly straight lines. Like they're super aggressive. They're very obviously just drawn on. And her hair is blonde, but the eyebrows are super dark, which looks terrible. Uh, her hair, I don't know. <laughs> I wish there was like a bob or I wish there was an easy word for this haircut, but I feel like I see it more and more on these episodes. It was, I feel like my teachers had this hair. It's very teacher hair. It's like short, but there's a lot of volume, you know, like it doesn't touch their neck maybe, or it barely touches to the back of their neck, but it's really big somehow on all the sides, not just on top, but like on both sides and the top and the back, it's big, but also it's, again, it's blonde with the dark eyebrows, looks bad, and she's kind of dressed more like Jamie, I guess, she's got like an all-white dress with a white heel, nobody wears white heels anymore either, who can afford such things, don't they get dirty like right away? Anyway, Karen says Jamie needs to go home. She says, I want her to come home. I'll make sure she has a way to get to her friends, what she has to say with me. And then a weird thing happens. Ricky's like, oh, Jamie, you're shaking your head no. And then Shelly, who was also shaking her head no, but is not the person Ricky addressed, <laughs> responds anyway and says, because it's not going to work. We tried it before and it's not going to work. Well, Shelly, what the fuck do you want then? Because what you want is for Jamie to get out of your house, but you don't believe that she's going to move back in with your parents. So, I don't know. Like, just try. Maybe just try. Don't just, like, shout it down right away. 
she goes on to explain that when she was young, like, so when Shelly, I see this as I think kind of what happened. <laughs> Shelly was 18 and she first moved out on her own and she said she was happy to have her sister there because she was like out on her own for the first time and it was nice. But now she's married and the situation has changed and Jamie does not understand how it's changed because Jamie's 17. Ricky just almost straight up tells her she needs to get her sister out of there and then asks Jamie why she won't move out. Again, Jamie just teenage bitches about there being nothing to do in the mountains and I want to be with my sister and my friends. And then the audience votes. The audience tenant, what was it? Audience tenant association. Uh, that's fun. Will they kick him out? Listen on <laughs> to find out. We got another one of these house shots of the upper floor with the two next people in the windows and another not fish islands confessional from the streets. Uh, there's some lady with terrible hair who got into a fight with someone about their mail and it was bad. I should have taken better notes on these it's called the street people. I don't mean like houseless. I just mean people who are uh, cur- currently, but currently while they were on camera current. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, those people. But they were boring. They're all just so boring. If they were interesting, they'd be on the show, I feel like. Up next, after the commercial, we have Lori who wants to kick her brother out of the house. But again, it's not her house, it's her parents' house. So maybe her parents should be there. This is good too, I guess. Lori says she wants to kick out her brother, but his wife and kids can stay. And Ricky sets this up like it's crazy. Like it's like, oh, she wants her brother out, but she says his family can stay. Whoa, what's the crazy situation? Uh, her brother's a dick and they don't want to kick out children. <laughs> and the wife seems fine. <laughs> so there you go. It seems, it seems not even really weird or hard to imagine. Lori says her brother's gone three to five days per week. It sounds like he's already almost moved out, but anyway, he's gone three to five days per week. And then when he's back, he bitches and moans. It sounds like Carrie's on drugs, to be honest. It's like everyone else's fault. He was gone sleeping all the time and then when he's not asleep he's just bitching and like miserable Lori says that she's basically the dad of their family because she's the one who's there and Carrie's never there it's funny to want someone to move out because they're never home (laughs) I keep thinking about it but again I understand the situation Ricky's like okay so he wants to party but he's 18 and has two kids and Lori's like yeah okay if you make a mistake once then that's understandable but now they have a four-month-old as well and you need to step up and take responsibility. Carrie comes out and he looks like a skis ball. I don't even know a better word. (laughs) He's got that like crunchy slash wet gelled hair look. He's got small eyes. Everyone boos him. Carrie thinks it's a bunch of bull because I'm trying to, I'm trying my best and I do pay rent and take care of my kids. My family comes first before I go out and have fun. And Lori's like, how though? (laughs) Explain how do you take care of your kids if you're never there? Riddle, like, riddle me this. (laughs) Carrie's like, they got what they need, don't they? But Lori's like, and who's giving it to them? Like, who's the one feeding them? 
And then they go on to diapers. And Carrie's like, yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, who's getting them food? Who's buying diapers? And Lori's like, who changes the diapers? And Carrie's like, not you. And Lori has like an exasperated reaction. She's like, oh, Carrie. No. Like, I have had those kids much more than he has. Ricky asks about the rent situation. Lori, to be fair, she's like, when he has a job, he pays rent. Here's the thing. Tried to get him a job at this nice restaurant through my friend. The first day he had the interview, didn't show up. Carrie chimes in to say, and he didn't call back, did he? Carrie, no. Like, I'm... What? Like, I... What? (laughs) That's how interviews work like you don't even have the job yet and you just didn't show up and you expect them to what chase you down the street no like if you don't show up for the interview guess what buddy you're not going to show up to work either <laughs> that's what I would think if I was the person interviewing but apparently this person is stupid because they gave him like three interviews and he didn't show up for any of them and then finally they figured out they figured out what not to do <laughs> And they hired someone else. Ricky clarifies, again, we already kind of made this clear, but Ricky clarifies that she just wants Carrie out and not the wife. And Lori's like, it's not just me, it's everybody. Like, my mom cries all the time. His wife, Elda, cries all the time. She tells Carrie he's not there to hear it. (laughs) And she says, my parents say that if Elda wants to stay with the kids, then they can stay because they're not the problem. Seems fair. Again, I wish the parents were here telling this, but okay. We asked Carrie, or sorry, Lori goes on to say, well, we asked Carrie to stay gone, and he laughs like it's a joke, but it's not. Like, stay gone. Carrie's like, oh, I'd rather, I don't know, he tries to be manly, but he's like, oh, I'd rather it be me on the street than my kids and my wife. And Lori, like, looks confused because she's like, yeah, that's what we're doing (laughs) that's what we're asking for just you go away so here comes elda elda's a weird i don't hate that name but it's kind of strange elda has a scrunchie on a bun and she looks fucking rad for being four months postpartum elda Gives, I don't know, she says, it seems like a different show (laughs) that they should be on, but Elda gives Carrie an ultimatum, pick your friends or pick your family. Lori says that everyone else is ready to just let him go, (laughs) cut him out. Again, I feel like there's a big subtext of drugs here that we're not talking about. Like, everyone else is ready to cut him out. Obviously, he wants, he just wants to be with his friends, obviously, because that's who he picks. And Elda's just giving him one last chance. Ricky asks Carrie what he's going to do, and Carrie says he doesn't know, and everyone loses their fucking mind. <laughs> They're like, it should not even be a question. And Carrie's like, yeah, but like, how are you going to make someone choose between their friends or their family? And Ricky's like, but you ha- it's not, it's not that. Like, that's a very 18-year-old thing to say, I think, but like, that's not what's happening. Like, you have a responsibility to your family that needs to supersede your friends that's all it's like nobody's nobody's asking you to choose one or the other we're asking you to manage it a lot better than what you're doing uh I don't know Carrie says he does take responsibility but Ricky's like but they're saying you don't so you don't right like it's not accurate you can't just say that 
Carrie's big on words for me. Like, he's about saying the right things, but then everyone around him is like, that is not accurate. <laughs> that is not what you're doing. Um, an audience member says, well, you had time to play. You made your bed, now lay in it. Secondly, you say you provide for your kids, but if you're not, if they're not seeing your face, then you're not providing them with what they need because they need to see your face, which I thought that was a really good point, actually. Different audience member says, well, you said he had an interview but like, or I guess to Carrie, you said he had an interview, but like, what makes you think someone is going to call you back if you skip the interview? If I got you that interview, forget it. You'd be out the door. He's too young. He has a nasty attitude and he needs to take responsibility. Carrie says he does do his part. And Ricky's like, what do you do? What do you, what do you do? And Carrie's like, well, okay, 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 okay. I don't spend as much time as I should with the kids. Lori's like, all of us want to see you more. <laughs> Be, and again, this is the drugs, like, kind of undertone or undercurrent that's happening is, like, we all want you back as a person. Carrie says it doesn't seem like it. And how is it your business? And Lori's like, I'm watching your fucking kids. That's how it's my business. And when you're out, like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's our house. <laughs> like, um, Ricky asks Carrie if he loves Elda and wants it to work out. He says yes. And then, that's what I mean, Ricky's like, well, what are you doing about it? And he's like, talking about it. It's <laughs> like, what did, Ris- what, what did, what did you hear when Ricky asked me that question? What are you doing about it? I'm talking about it. So nothing, then. You're doing nothing. Talking's not doing. Those are two different verbs. Carrie tries talking about it now with Elda and it doesn't go well at all. <laughs> and nothing gets accomplished definitely nothing gets done it ends with Carrie saying well why am I going to be home if everyone doesn't like me but like everyone would like you more if you were around and I assume not on drugs right so mm, mm. an audience member kind of clarifies for us that it's the parents house and then they say Carrie needs to get that fuck out commercial we got more talk on the street there's no fish islands. I didn't even make a note. It's just like, what are people going to say in 30 seconds about this? That's going to be interesting. It's nothing. And then I was like, why would I even include it? Why would I talk about it? But I just, um, I was going to say a perfection, not a perfectionist. Like, I, don't, I am who I am. I had to let you guys know. <laughs> it's a really stupid segment that was dumb and boring. Up next, <laughs> Kathleen and Heidi. This, I thought, was kind of sad. This made me sad. Kathleen wants her daughter to move out today. Heidi's like, I would love to move out if I could, but I have nowhere to go. (laughs) So, what you're proposing is for me to live on the street, I guess. Kathleen is wearing a hideous shirt. She looks a bit like Rose from Golden Girls, but I don't believe that Rose would ever wear a shirt that was that ugly. It was ugly. Heidi looks a lot like Julia Roberts. She's very pretty. I mean, I don't know. Maybe when you're 18, everybody's pretty. (laughs) She, nobody looks like Julia Roberts, but just, I don't know. Something about her face. We were like 75% of the way to Julia Roberts. Kathleen says Heidi's, this is like the opposite of Jamie now. Kathleen proceeds to tell us like 
everything that sucks about teenagers. Like, we don't already know. Or, like, Heidi's some big exception. No. Kathleen says Heidi's really disrespectful. She doesn't care about her siblings. She'd leave right now if she could afford a place. We have screaming matches every day. I say it's black. She says it's white. And it's just not getting anywhere. She says even when she tries to, like, extricate herself from the situation and go to her room and lock it, she, like, Heidi screams at her through the door. Again, that's pretty common. Not common, but, yeah, that seems foreseeable. Ricky asks Kathleen if she's afraid for her safety, and Kathleen says no. But I'm fighting between, like, wanting her to leave and loving her and feeling guilty. Like, if she could move out, I'd be so happy to be like, come over to my house to visit for an hour and then leave. (laughs) Um, She just says she's tired of living with her. And again, Kathleen describes some more normal teenage shit of, whoa, Heidi's big crimes. She sleeps on the couch a lot. And sometimes she makes messes and doesn't clean them up. One time, seems like the worst thing, but to find one person who didn't do something shitty like this as a teenager, right? So I guess Kathleen says she was talking on her phone and Heidi like burst into the house and was like, get off the phone. I need to call my boyfriend right now. It's like, yeah, that's a shitty thing to do, but I don't know if that's a reason to like kick your kid out of the house. I think, I think there's a different way to handle that. I think Kathleen's not a good mom to be, or I don't want to say anyone's a bad mom, but I think Kathleen could do better as a mom than she's doing based on the results that we're seeing. Ricky invites Heidi to speak and Heidi explains that she works and goes to school and can't afford to give her rent. As far as spilling things, she was like, oh my God, that was so long ago. (laughs) Then Kathleen argues with her and she's like, six months ago, I cleaned something up. And it was like, okay, Kathleen, like, it's (laughs) all right. Like, I don't think that's a reason to kick someone out. Kathleen starts saying the other siblings, like, (laughs) Kathleen, did you grow up on earth? Like, (laughs) she says, well, the, uh, her other siblings are so happy to help and be helpful. And then she goes on to explain this whole, like this super detailed example about she wanted to clean the basement and basically Heidi was a bitch about it. Again, because Heidi's a teenager and she probably doesn't want to help her mom clean out the basement. Uh, Ricky asks Heidi to clarify about like respect or being disrespectful. We kind of get to a place where she's like, Heidi's basically like, well, I don't feel respected. So I, it's hard to give people respect. And Ricky's like, okay, so then why would you even want to live in a house like that if you don't feel respected? And Heidi's like, I don't, (laughs) I need more money. I need probably another person or like another income to be able to move out like a roommate. And Kathleen's like, well, in the meantime, we all suffer. My 16-year-old boy is getting depressed now. And he says he can't stand Heidi. And the other siblings tell me all the time, like, why don't you just kick Heidi out? And I was like, yeah, I would expect that of a sibling. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to do, right? Again, we clarify now at this point in the show that Heidi is 18, for for some reason that makes everyone feel like oh my god she's 18 get out like 
okay, she's 18, she's not 28. Obviously, standards have changed, but... And a new audience member says, well, who, by the way, is wearing a denim jacket with, like, rainbow sleeves? Which I couldn't tell if I loved it or hated it. They say, oh, you need to respect your mother, especially if you can't afford your own place. It seems fair to say that, but again, Kathleen seems like a major bitch, and like she's probably not helping the situation. <laughs> we can't. One of these audience, oh, I love it when they bring this up and it goes nowhere. Another audience member's like, "Well, where's the husband?" Kathleen tells us she's been divorced since 1985. I don't really know when this. I'm gonna mm-hmm, guesstimate it's probably like 95, 96, so probably 10 years, and we just breeze on past that like it's not a factor. Do you think that not having an active male figure or, like, a bi-strategic parenting, like, co-partner would be valuable in this situation? Again, I think we just breeze right past that. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that that is a major contributing factor to why Heidi and Kathleen can't get along and can't navigate this. New audience member says, well, by 18, my mother wouldn't have put me out. She'd have knocked me out. Awesome. Uh, doesn't mean we have to traumatize other people. New audience member says, well, I'm 18 myself, and I think that's a bit young to be kicked out. But if you can't move out, you should respect your mother. And I was like, fair. Yeah, fair. I think that should be the thesis statement of this whole episode. That's basically where we are. Another audience person says, Carrie, how can you pick your friends over your family? And Carrie's like, I didn't. And collectively, like, Lori, Elda, Ricky, the audience, every single person at the same time is like, but you did. (laughs) You are actively. So you can't just say you didn't. Ricky calls out Carrie at this point and says he's just sitting there. And he doesn't seem to give a fuck either way about Elda. Carrie tells Elda with 0% enthusiasm that he wants it to work. He says it like this, like, Elda, I want it to work. But with less enthusiasm than I put into it, if you can imagine that. And then Lori is very fair, and she's like, I don't think it's fully fair to expect him to do, like, this huge, perfect apology in front of a full audience of people. But by the end of it, Carrie agrees to go to counseling and the audience doesn't believe he's going to go. Like, there's this whole interchange. First of all, they're like, I think somebody asks about the counseling or something or Lori's like, well, we ask him to go to counseling and he won't go. And then Kathleen from not in the shot is like, me too. But nobody cares, Kathleen, you're a bitch. Carrie does agree to go to counseling. No even though he previously hadn't, but nobody really believes that he's going to go. We had another commercial and new people, (laughs) last people, I promise. We're almost done, guys. So we see Lisa, her brother Andre moved in three months ago. (laughs) Andre Andre does the best job at like playing up this lounge and (laughs) backstage, he's like lounging. He takes up like most of the couch. He also has, I called it, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but I call it a Fat Albert windbreaker. I mean, he is very large, but also he's wearing this huge, very brightly colored windbreaker. Lisa says, he's lazy, he's cheap, he's got a good job, but he hates to pay bills. He loves to eat up food he doesn't buy, and I'm tired of it. 
Another curl mullet on Lisa. I guess Andre has a two-year-old. So Lisa doesn't want really to kick him out. She just wants him to be better, it sounds like. Andre comes out. Everyone boos, and I can see his white socks with his black pants and his black shoes, and I wonder if that's why everyone's booing. <laughs> Looks so bad. And Andre says he's not cheap. He's like, sometimes I am lazy, but it's because I work six days a week. So on the seventh day, yeah, I do nothing. <laughs> Absolutely correct. He says, I guess there was some accusation that he let his friends come over and do their laundry. And he was like, mm, no, like my friends don't, I'm work, I work six days a week. Like my friends don't even come over, let alone do laundry. And Lisa's like, yeah, this such and such a person did like the one time. And he was like, okay, so once. <laughs> And Ricky's like, but it's not your washer and dryer. And Andre's like, it was one sheet. <laughs> like, calm down. I really wanted to know why his friend bought over a sheet to wash, a single sheet. I bet there's a really good story. I wonder what was on it <laughs> that had to be washed. And he didn't want to wash at home. That's fun to think about. <laughs> Andre agrees. He does agree that his two-year-old has destroyed her house. Like, she's like, here, two-year-old destroyed my house. And he's like, yes, that is absolutely correct. He definitely has. I mean, two-year-olds do that to your house, naturally. And Lisa has other kids as well. So I think he kind of, we brush on, like, your kids also are not perfect. Oh, we <laughs> confused myself. I wrote that note and I was like, am I going to understand that? And I thought I would, but then I didn't. Lisa talks about how there was some glass from the Matrix. Like, she came home and there's a glass on the coffee table that is, like, about to tip over. Like, it's, like, on on the edge of the bottom. Like, t fully tilted over. He's just sitting there flipping TV. Like, it's no big deal. Once your two-year-old's destroyed a house, I don't know how much we care about spilled over glasses really as much. But an audience member... I don't know, we all kind of together clarify that he pays bills and he says he pays them without hesitation, no problem. When he's asked, I guess he doesn't vo probably volunteer to pay bills, but if somebody says like, hey, could you cover this? He's like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Ricky asks Lisa about the diapers and Lisa says he leaves diapers on the couch, but once we talk about it, again, we find out that really that was one time <laughs> because... And it, it sounded like an honest mistake. Like Andre, he's like, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning every day. I have to take my son to daycare. I was like up super early, <laughs> changed him on the couch and I just forgot it there. Like it wasn't really a big deal. An audience member stands up to be like, I think that's very unsanitary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> like, didn't know that shit was gross. Like, <laughs> I think it was an accident. Then the same person tells, uh, well, she tells Yvonne's brother, what was his name? Edward and Carrie, y'all should get an apartment together. And Yvonne's like, yo, my brother is not as bad as Carrie. <laughs> Carrie sucks. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Very funny sideburn on Carrie. And a different audience member asks Heidi if she, like, if she has a job, why don't you pay the phone bill? Do you don't pay the phone bill? No. So don't tell her to get off the phone. 
It's like, I guess that's probably what Kathleen should have fucking told her when it happened. That's what my parents would have told me if I tried to say that. And that would have been a totally normal, like, parenting experience. And then Kathleen reveals to us that she co-signed for a car for Heidi that's better than her own car. But also Heidi does pay the car payments. Like, she does make the car payments. And it doesn't sound... I thought it was going to get into a Judge Judy place of, like, she said that but then she started missing the payments. But Heidi is making the payments. It's just that she promised at that time that she would make the car payments and also pay Kathleen rent. And Kathleen's like, well, I need that rent money so I can save for a car. <sighs> Kathleen sucks. Like, just, I don't... What? Hmm, I don't know if I agree with that. I guess once you're 18, it's like, it could be negotiated if that's what she wanted. But like, I also said it was a year ago. So like, no, I don't think you have to force your seven, your 17 year old daughter to pay you rent so that you can save up for a car. Kathleen, you got to check yourself. Like, what are you talking about? And Ricky's like, wait, why does she have a better car than yours? But, like, Kathleen, if you co-signed on that car, then that means you could also get a better car. Then that means you could also get yourself a better car. Like, these are your choices that are going into this, not your child's choice. Ricky kind of starts to see it, too, and then calls out, like, enabling. Well, she asks, and then Kathleen doesn't have a good answer. And then Ricky's like, I think you might be enabling your daughter. (laughs) Then we go to a commercial. She doesn't say it exactly like that. I can imagine she did. After the commercial, counting the votes, and we see two women at a bistro, like, cafe-type table, counting ballots on, like, the side of the stage. All right. Did they have to do that there? Were they there the whole time? (sighs) It's weird. Especially now, like, 30 years later, to be like, oh, you couldn't just do that on an app or (laughs) or something? Why did everyone need, like, there were paper paper ballots involved in this. As if we couldn't have just told from how the audience was reacting. I think we could have. Apparently, these two women are Cindy and Lorna. Cindy is the fact checker on staff. So she's doing a shitty job. (laughs) At least, like... What does that mean? What Which facts did she check? That's weird. Maybe just making sure people aren't fully coming on and making shit up. I have no... It's a weird job. And Lorna is the audience coordinator. That sounds like a fun job. <laughs> it's probably not, but it sounds fun. First up, we have Edward. And Edward, everyone voted to evict him. Cindy, by the way, looks a little bit like, I'm definitely going to say this wrong, but my um, Bilak Blossom, more recently from The Big Bang Theory. Uh, Carrie is next, and definitely he's evicted. <laughs> and they try to make like a cheeky thing. They're like, oh, you'll have lots of time to spend with your friends now because you're evicted. <laughs> and then... Uh, next is Cindy and Jamie. And they say, you're going to be sleeping next to mommy next week because you're evicted. <laughs> Can you see how these are all going? Next we have Kathleen and Heidi. And even they are like, 
oh, we've got a tough audience today because you've been evicted. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit. That is a tough audience. And Andre's the last, and they're like, start redecorating. Your lease has been renewed. New lease, says the exclamation mark on the screen. Ricky thanks her guests and then gives us her own little final thought. If you're lucky enough to have a family member who will lend you a hand in times of need, make sure to extend your arm and meet them halfway. That was a really nice bite-sized piece of advice. (laughs) That's reasonable. I like that. She says, thank you for watching. Until next time. And thank you for listening to me. And I hope you come back next time, next week, for my next, next episode. I enjoy talking about this, as always, and I'm very grateful that you listened (laughs) this far into the episode. If you have a second, as always, to rate and or review and or subscribe, that would really help me out. I feel like I say it every week, but I... I, it means more to me than you could possibly ever know. <laughs> so if you want a really easy way to make someone's whole life dream come true, <laughs> definitely do any or all of those things. I would love that. If you want to connect with me, you can connect on Facebook uh, with the Reality Roots Pod profile that I've set up. Or you can reach out to me by email at realityrootspod at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, that's my dog. Chaos reigns in my house. (laughs) Come back next week. Okay, bye.